Whether it's financial security, a free vacation home, time for traveling, more quality time with family, or even early retirement, whatever you choose to do with the income and benefits that come with successfully investing in short-term rentals, you know that it is certainly life-changing. This podcast will help you and guide you and support you on your journey to five-star STR success. Welcome to Five Star STR Success. This is your host, Brandon Thompson. And today I'm going to talk a little bit about the news and what's going on in short-term rental over the last week or so. Um, As you may have or have not read, Airbnb is combating racial bias by using initials in place of its first names. This is actually a program that's being set up and running by the end of January And it's in response to a uh, settled racial bias lawsuit over requesting first names uh, in Oregon. So this is going to be happening in Oregon. Um, What I want to do is I want to, if you're not familiar with what happened here, I'm going to just read an article from CNET uh, where I found that I was want to explain this. And then uh, that way, if you haven't heard about this, you can actually have the full understanding. Uh, From there, I'm going to just kind of give you my opinion and uh, we'll just take it from there. So here's the article. To fight possible racial bias in its booking process, short-term rental company Airbnb will still, well, I mean, I'm sorry, will start hiding the first names of prospective guests from Oregon from their potential host. Would-be host will instead see interested renters' first initials until a booking is confirmed. The program is scheduled to be implemented by the end of January and will run for at least two years. At this point, the change applies only to Oregon residents with no concrete plans to make it permanent or expand it. Given that the impact of the change is unknown, the implementation will be limited, a company spokesperson said in an email Thursday. Uh, the change stems from the 2019 settlement of a lawsuit by, uh, that was brought on by three African-American women who alleged that requiring prospective renters to share their full names and photos of their faces allowed hosts to discriminate against them based on race. This isn't the first time Airbnb has taken the uh, prevention towards racial discrimination. The company has made changes to when and how profile pictures are shared and required hosts to sign an anti-discrimination commitment. In 2020, Airbnb, with the help of the Racial Justice Department, uh, Color of Change organization, Color of Change, launched the Lighthouse Project to measure and fight racial bias on its platform. In 2016, a Harvard Business Review Journal study found that guests with distinctively African-American names were 16% less likely to be accepted on the platform than identical guests with distinctively white names. This update is consistent with the voluntary settlement agreement we reached in 2019 with individuals in Oregon who raised concerns uh, regarding the way guest names are displayed when they see to book a listing, the company said in a late December blog post announcing the move. All right, so look, this uh, this basically continues on a little bit more, but um, that's pretty much it. It's it's very interesting here. It is not something that we want to play with, right? Uh, discrimination, specifically in uh, today's time, it has uh, become well known and well documented. Whether some people believe that it's documented appropriately or this or that, that's not regarding the sake of this podcast. I'm trying to bring you in the news. This is an in the news segment of the podcast. And um, <clears throat> let's face it, it's statistically proven that this is uh, um, statistically known that this is all actual uh, and actuality. And this is reality. 
we're living in an age where we're still dealing with racism and it sucks. Uh, I personally believe that all people should be treated equal. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a white guy. And, and I, that, that is what it's just determining the pigmentation of my skin. I have never looked at somebody's name and uh, their picture before they blocked out pictures. I remember those days. I've never looked at that and decided I did not want to take their money because of who they are, what color they are, and et cetera. I think that's just unjustified. I mean, it's not, it's not justified, and that is discrimination at its finest. Uh, me being a trade, uh, a tradesman in residential real estate for almost 20 years now, as a broker, we are taught to not do that. But you would think that it would be common sense, especially, and I won't even say recent light of uh, recent events. No, it's been going on for hundreds of years. Like you would think that people will start understanding like this is not how this should go. You should not, you know, you should not discriminate against a person based on their color and then their name. Now, Airbnb had several years ago, got rid of the pictures of the the profile of the guest uh, until after they, they actually, uh, you know, subscribed or whatever you want to call it. Uh, they, they booked a property, but they, yeah, I, I, I have never thought about this. I'll be honest with you. I've never thought about a name being a problem with somebody uh, who is a host, but I guess it's happening guys. So here's the thing. I don't know if it's the right step, it basically shows that us as Americans are still in a particular place that is not good. And it sucks. It sucks. I do not want to teach my kids this. I do not want to teach, um, you know, my, my students this in, in five-star STR success, um, that this is something that is a must that should be done. But it's in all reality, this should be done. I mean, we should have to, at this point, whether you agree with me or disagree with me, this can be a hairy topic. But if this is statistically proven that uh, there's a 16% factor that African-Americans are not getting the bookings, uh, their bookings, their requested bookings booked because of their name now, now they've gotten rid of the pictures, but because of their names, because it sounds African-American, then that's discrimination at its finest or worst, however you want to polarize it. So with that said, I am agreeing with them. I agree with what Airbnb is doing, and it is in response to a lawsuit that took place in Oregon. And this is only going to be taking place in Oregon as they study this out for the next couple of years. But I can see where this is going to actually um, pull itself full circle into the company ethos and requirements of Airbnb for a host. We are going to have to abide by only initials and so on. So there are different ways that they can actually um, basically make sure that you know, you're not getting a bad guest. And because somebody's got a different name or a different color or whatever, that doesn't mean that you're going to be a bad guest. But what they do, <clears throat> the company uh, Airbnb does is we can, as, as host, we can have them require proper ID and documentation. So from a driver's license, which we never see as a host, um, but Airbnb can validate a driver's license or a passport. We can make sure that they've got a real email address um, we can also, if we don't want to rent a new guest, we can also rent to guests who have been verified and not only verified somebody who have stayed and has a certain percentage of reviews. So we can take the necessary procedures and put them in place to protect ourselves as host, um, without having to deal with these craziness. So will a name changing, even though I'm not Oregon, if I wasn't Oregon, will a name change into only initials bother me? No. 
I think it's, I think I hate to say it. I think it's necessary. We're in still interesting times in America and things suck uh, to be honest with you in regards to race and, and discrimination. And we see it daily and, you know, sooner or later, I'm hoping to believe I won't be, I'm going to be hopeful that stuff like this will actually go away. But, um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, I would love to hear what your thoughts are. I would love for you guys to, to, uh, share this on your Instagram stories and give me your opinion. Uh, my Instagram is at Brandon G Thompson. I would love to hear your opinion about this. Um, should we, uh, you know, should Airbnb do this or should they not? I would like to see the opposite side. I, you know where I stand. I think they should do this. I think this is a good response from them as a company, but, uh, going back to, you know, a different perspective. I like, I'm always looking to understand different perspectives. What if they strip everybody of everything and made them look alike and this and that. And, and then we as hosts can't, uh, you know, validate who's here. Well, I just, I just stomped that in the ground that idea and that belief set, but I would still like to hear what everybody else's is now, whether you believe, uh, or I mean, agree with me or not, that's for you to agree to disagree. And we're going to agree to disagree. Um, but that's where I'm standing on that and other articles. I'm not going to read this, but we all know that inside the news that, uh, second homes, Fannie Mae homes with 10% down interest rates are going up. Second home loans are not going away. Uh, I don't even have to read an article. I'll just tell you what's going on. If you haven't heard this, second home loans are not going away. It's getting close to April 1st or somewhere around there, uh, March 31st. Somewhere around that time point, interest rates are going up and there's going to be a cost associated with those interest rates. And what people are getting at 3% interest rates right now, going up to uh, going up to probably like DSCR loan rates. So you're going to have a you know, I'm guessing, I'm guessing I haven't really read into it and, and, uh, whatever, or, and seeing lenders responses, but I'm guessing based on what I am seeing and what I do understand is that these interest rates will probably be around the same as DSCR loans. Uh, four and a half percent is uh, probably what you're going to be seeing for a 10% down Fannie Mae loan. And the whole intent, if you're not understanding, and I haven't read about this, but I'm guessing the whole intention from the, uh, uh, I guess from the government or, or the Fed and Fannie Mae and all that stuff is to slow down second home loans um, you know, in hopes that primary residents, owner occupants will have more access to, to property, to flow. And I hate to say it, but I'm agreeing with them. This is something that is a must. We are in hyperinflation and everything is getting extremely expensive, whether it's your milk and your bread to housing and rent and this and that. This is a healthy thing to do. And a lot of the inventory is being depleted. Here's the thing. As you heard in the last episode of the podcast I recorded that right now in today's time, many, many people have discretionary savings. And if you are smart with your savings, you can throw 10% down and purchase a property that can give you extreme cash flow. Well, guess what? I'll put it to you this way. Uh, before 2008, I uh, felt like that this uh, these kind of interest rates were unheard of. I mean, I was buying investment properties at six, seven, eight, nine, ten percent interest, uh, and and you would be happy to have maybe a five percent plus interest rate for owner occupant. So going from three percent to four and a half percent is not the end of the world, guys. If if people can make money prior to two thousand eight, and the people that rode through two thousand eight that stayed on top were successful, then you can too. So I don't think this is a problem. I think this is going to weed out the people 
who don't know how to identify the right deals. This is the stuff that's, you know, this is going to weed out. Uh, I don't believe it's going to even slow down mass adoption. It's just going to weed out people that shouldn't be in this business. People are just wanting a second home, just to have a second home, just to make a little extra money, but there's no passion. There's no, there's no um, uh, excitement behind this. There's no uh, life. There's no soul behind it. They're just trying to make some extra money just for the sake of making extra money. And I don't disagree with that as being a, a, a problem in second home ownership or, or STRs, but it'll identify the serious players from the not so serious players. And <clears throat> this can be the final step in the game that stops people from you know, getting into this business. So what is that going to do for you and I, for people that are going to continue to stay in this business? Well, we're, we're actually going to have access to possibly a little bit more inventory. Uh, you know, uh, be honest with you, if, let's just hopeful. I'm hopeful. And I, I know this sounds terrible, but I'm hopeful that 10% of the second home ownership will go away. And then there is more access to uh, affordable housing for people. Now, here's the thing. If you're, if you're in this, this will actually help metropolitan areas. Let's go to this way. This will actually help metropolitan areas and where people are just buying up properties. This is the, this is what I mean, where people are buying up properties for uh, just for they're getting second home loans or properties that really aren't second home loans because they're buying them in a suburb of Atlanta or a suburb of Los Angeles or whatever. It's obvious you know what they're doing. They're buying it for a freaking investment, so they should buy those investment property rates, um, and uh, you know, or they should go DSCR loans. But they're taking away homes in markets where people really need affordable housing. And at Five Star SDR uh, Success, we teach you about vacation markets and vacation purchases and this and that. Those are our true second and third and fourth and fifth homes. So if you look at it from that lens, this is not a bad thing. This will take out a peep. This will take out uh, people out of the business that are, or or it will stop people from getting into the business. That, like I said, they have no they have no heart and soul into this business. They don't care about lifestyle assets. They're just trying to take up money and they're trying to monopolize on twenty. Homes in Atlanta. Sorry, I always talk about Atlanta because it's my metro market right beside me. But um, that's what I'm talking about. That's actually hurting affordable housing in America, and it's depleting inventory because all of us investors are grabbing these properties. Well, not us because we're all about vacation homes. But that's what I feel like uh, I'm in agreement with. This will slow down the masses who are doing it the wrong way with no heart and soul. And for those of us who are all about the vacation destinations and tourism and, and lifestyle assets. This gives us more opportunity because now, hopefully, people that are starting in that uh, won't be competition to us in vacation markets now because they're just like, I've had it, I'm done, I'm out. But at the same time, you know, this actually helps all of us in, in, in the long run because I, uh, I feel like this is going to, <clears throat> I feel, I'll, I'll put it this way, when people are getting in, I tend and trend to get out. If that makes sense, tend and trend. Anyways, I tend to get out. So before 2008, I remember this and I should have got out. Uh, everybody became a flipper. This was all before social media and before HDTV when I started flipping. But somewhere around that 2008 mark, Facebook launched and this and that. Next thing you know, uh, HDTV is coming along maybe within a year or two before it flipped this house with, uh, what was that guy's name? Andrew Antonio Montalago or something like that. Um, they started publicizing this. A lot of people are getting excited now. They're getting flipping. Now people are getting the realtors and it was getting saturated. And that's what's going on with realtors and flippers and short-term rental owners. So this will be the type of uh, correction we need in the short-term rental space to get the people out that don't need to be in the business in the first place. They're just doing it because they want to make a little extra money, but there's no heart and passion and soul. 
And for me, as you see uh, from my Facebook group, uh, there's heart and passion and soul in those business. From my Thursday trainings in my Facebook group, there's heart and passion and soul in my business. From this podcast, there's heart and passion and soul. So um, we eat, sleep, breathe, sweat, blood, bleed, whatever. We do all that. And, and for the sake of being a hospitable, uh, value-driven, and uh, customer service-oriented company and brand, uh, between my hospitality brand, the five-star SDR success, and everything, it's all about the consumer, the the client, the valued person, the customer. But a lot of people don't think that way. So this is going to be the correction that we need. And I am hopeful that this will help out. Are you still waiting to pull the trigger on your first short-term vacation rental? Well, then you're going to want to download our new ebook to help you with the exact steps that you need to take to purchase a wildly profitable STR. Click the link in the description below or head on over to 5starstrsuccess.com. That's the number 5starstrsuccess.com. Let's uh, get into some teaching. Um, we're going to make this quick because I don't want to bore you guys. I want this to be quick, concise, and you guys are actually extremely excited about what we have to offer here on this podcast. And long drawn out podcasts uh, are great for long form interviews. And we will be doing some interviews. Uh, right now, we're going to be releasing these once a week. Uh, hopefully in the near future, we'll be doing a solo episode like this, as well as an interview as we keep lining them up. But for now, this is we're going to keep these uh, short and sweet. So today I'm going to talk to you about identifying properties, <clears throat> not just identifying properties, how to find properties more importantly. So I don't, I, I want to start out with this uh, for this, this uh, switch over here in the podcast episode. So how do you find the right properties? First of all, I identify a location that I am excited about. I make sure that it is complementary to my lifestyle. And we've talked about that. Uh, and if you go to my masterclass on fivestarstrsuccess.com, watch the video masterclass that is paired with our ebook, it will go through everything you need to know. So I don't even have to go through here. Just go to that website and find that masterclass. And it will tell you everything that you need to know to identify the right property. But let's talk more importantly about finding a property. It's getting really tough in these, in these short-term rental markets. Uh, uh, these, these vacation markets per se to find and, and find properties. So I will tell you, this sounds crazy. I'll tell you, I can go <clears throat> and I will put my money on this. I will go into any market. Um, man, this sounds like a book. What was this guy's name? Robert Allen. Robert Allen wrote a book about multiple streams of income. And, uh, I, uh, and then I think, uh, I think it might've been him that wrote a book called no money down. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I'll have to look and, and we'll incorporate this book in the show notes, but there's a book called No Money Down. And I think it was Robert Allen. Uh, if it wasn't, I apologize to the, uh, to the author, but he talks about the guy that written that wrote the book, No Money Down is he actually talked about, Hey, how you can actually put me in any market in America and I will go identify a property and I can purchase it. Uh, give me one week and I'll do it with no money down <clears throat> or at least contract a property. I'm saying to you guys that I can go into any vacation market you drop me, you tell me where to go. I can go find a property within a week and have a property intercontracted and it will make sense on the numbers. You're like, geez, Brandon, I've been spending months and months and months and I'm getting buyer fatigue and I'm getting extremely upset and frustrated and I don't know how to do this. What do you mean you can do this uh, just like that? And you're so sure of it. Well, to be honest with you, it's simple. 
there's a three-step process. Um, I go to destinations, like I said, that I uh, want to identify a lifestyle asset in, and I go into markets that uh, basically elevate my soul. So I, uh, I, I routinely go into these different markets. So not too long ago in Blue Ridge, I was looking at some properties uh, that we had already purchased. And I had some friends out here with me, um, friends of mine uh, with a mission that we're a part of where we have a 501c3 uh, nonprofit in Guatemala. And for, uh, without getting into too much detail, we feed uh, orphans and, and help widows. And we have a feeding program and a school and we give back a lot. But I had uh, my friend, uh, him and his wife up here, and we we're hanging out together. We we're part of the board together. And we we're just kind of talking about that stuff and spent the night together. But we also went driving around looking at properties. I asked him, hey, we're out in Blue Ridge. This is my market, my main market anyways. Do you mind looking at a couple of properties for us? So we had a few properties we found online in the MLS. And we decided to go riding around, looked at a few properties, didn't really like the properties. But guess what? I am a never seen an eye. And I am trained and I have trained myself and some of my students uh, in my previous brand, REI Society, on how to find distressed assets in any market. And what I look for is when I'm driving, I'm not only looking for what I'm going to go look at, um, I'm looking for properties that shows those signs of distressed. So whether it's, uh, you know, roofs that are battered or ugly or got tarps on roofs, uh, you know, sky high grass, newspapers piling up in the front yard, um, foreclosure notices on the doors or windows, properties that look like they're vacant, and et cetera, signs to distress properties automatically attract me. And when I go uh, up a, and down a road in any market, I will stop on those properties because typically those sellers want to get rid of those properties. It's a burden to them. If it's gotten to the point where they're not keeping the property up, that property is a burden to them. And I know that. So what I'll do is I'll definitely go in and typically, especially if I can tell it's vacant, uh, I will walk around that property. I'll stop. I will walk around the property. I'll take pictures of me in front of the property, doing like a selfie in front of myself with that property in the background. <clears throat> I'll take a picture of the address, write the address down, and then I'll move on. Well, guess what I do after this? I, uh, I am, I'm going to go in and I'm going to call them. I'm going to call this person. I'm going to find out who they are first. So I use an app and it's like $100 a year. LandGlide. It's the LandGlide app. And you can punch in uh, addresses anywhere in America. Basically, it's courthouse uh, uh, records at your disposal in this app. So this application gives you access to all of this information from lot boundaries to the current owner, uh, to the bedroom and bathroom count, and et cetera. And all you have to do is plug that in, that address in, and it will show it to you right then and there, the current owner, et cetera. So what you do is you take that current owner uh, and that address. And then you go to, it's a, like I said, it's a three-step uh, system. You go to truepeoplesearch.com, which is a free skip tracing website. So you find that current owner, you plug in that address at truepeoplesearch.com and it will pull up pretty much current from current owners to previous owners. And what you're trying to do is match up somebody with the last name of the person that was in Langlide to the person that is in uh, True People Search. 
typically that's going to be who the current owner is. Now you can try some of the people that were former owners or whatever. There's going to be a million different numbers in there from old landline numbers to mobile numbers, but you're really going to concentrate on the people who are actually uh, the current owners from Landglide uh, as they show themselves in true people search. And sometimes you're going to get numbers that don't, you know, that doesn't work, but that's going to give you basically courthouse records at your disposal. And then when you go to true people search, you're going to have access to the phone numbers and their forwarding addresses. Oh my gosh. Do you guys know what I just gave you? So that's number two. Number three, now that you've got their address, their um, numbers, and you got the address of the property with the current owner from uh, Langlide, and then true people search, you got the current owner's names and, and, and current address and their phone numbers. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to make contact. Number three is make contact. Uh, what I like to do is text. Most people, uh, if you don't know this, text has a 98% open rate. Uh, so it might be getting diluted now because a lot of people use text for stuff. And you're like, ah, oh, it's another junk text. But here's how you mitigate that. Remember that picture I told you that you took with uh, as a selfie with you in front of the house? You're going to text that to every number that you find there. Some of them will bounce back because they're, uh, they're landlines that are old landlines that may have been disconnected. Nobody really has one anymore, right? Um, but sometimes they will respond back to you. Uh, or, or they might give you an FU. You never know. You might get a wrong number. Every once in a while, somebody will respond back to you, especially if you're sending Brandon Thompson a, a picture of you, you know, standing in front of my house. Well, that's you're going to that's you're going you're to make me take notice. I'm going to look at that. That's not going to be automatically deleted from a junk text. So now I'm going to respond. A lot of times you're going to get uh, in response, you're going to get people who are like, oh, my gosh, how did you get my information? Well, it's it's uh, it's on public record, sir or ma'am. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, I would like to sell this or no, no, we're actually going to be renovating this and, and uh, moving in later on. So you'll get a very, uh, uh, a variety of responses, but now you know how to find a property uh, in, in a market that you're interested in. You, you drive for dollars like I did in this example. Uh, you can do this all over in different uh, streets. I mean, hell, I've been known to take two hours and go ride around in Atlanta or go ride around in uh, Bluffton, South Carolina, or in Blue Ridge or LJ, Georgia, different places where I have properties and go write down a list of 25 homes that I found in two to four hours, uh, however long I did it. And then I will take a column uh, with those addresses and then put uh, you know, the current owners right beside it that I find in uh, Landglide. Sorry, I'm over here stuttering, but I'll, I'll take that. I'm visualizing all this. I'm moving my hands all over them. Uh, you know, that's kind of messing me up here because this is audio version, right? But I'm taking a piece of paper or a notepad. I'm putting the addresses one through 25. Let's say we found 25 addresses and took pictures of all of them. So I'll list those out. I usually have that notebook in the car with me. So we're listing them out as we're running around. Uh, and then I'm tagging the, the, the pictures in my phone with that address. So I don't forget which home is which. And then I'll make another column right after that with the addresses and I'll put the current owner at the top and then we'll list out the current owner's names. And then I'll have another, uh, that'll go with truepeoplesearch.com. Then I'll have a, another list with that and uh, another column that'll have the addresses, their forwarding address, as well as their phone numbers and all the phone numbers that go with it. And I'll have that. So one through 25. And then I'll make point, I'll make contact. I'll text first. Usually text gets a better response because you're not cold calling somebody. You're not a used car salesman and this and that. But if I don't get the response, that, the response rate that I want out of text, I'll uh, go in and I'll call them. And if they don't answer from calling, I'll send out a letter. 
So by the way, if you guys like this episode, please share this on Instagram and just drop the word value bomb point people here. Give me a five-star review, please. This is going to help. I've got so many tools, tricks, uh, tricks and uh, different things of the trade. I can teach you guys from being a flipper of flipping 2000 homes on a hundred long-term rentals to now owning a second uh, real estate brokerage, you know, having partnerships. And you know, now we're doing an investment syndication uh, for a short-term rental that we're going to be launching soon with another friend of mine. So I can teach you guys a lot of this stuff. Please push people to this podcast. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to keep on giving you guys so much more content. And it's different than every other short-term rental guru out there. I'm not a guru. I'm not trying to be uh, an influencer. We're trying to be influential so we can help you in your uh, SDR career. But this is how you do it. You drive for dollars or you go walking for dollars. Like I uh, told you guys, if you go watch my masterclass, you'll see that my wife and I are foodies. We like uh, cocktails and wine. We like to walk and hike. So I'm constantly walking through all the neighborhoods that I'm in. If I'm renting a short-term rental in Charleston, South Carolina, you better, be, you better believe that I'm going to go walk the neighborhood until I get tired. And I'm going to be taking notes on my phone or bringing a notebook with me. And I'm going to be taking down information of all these vacancies or distressed homes or distressed looks, signs of distress. I'm taking those addresses down. And then I'm going to go back with pictures and take those pictures and then I'm going to go ahead and go to truepeoplesearch.com. And I know I've said this a million times. I'm trying to put the trying to drill it in your head, people. But I'm going to go to truepeoplesearch.com and I'm going to go in and, and find out who the current owners are. They're forwarding addresses. Uh, so I can possibly even send their letter out as well as, uh, you know, call them and text them. And then we're going to make point of contact. We're going to contact them. And out of 25 people, you might get like a dozen FUs or, you know, maybe, maybe another 10 more. I don't know who you are. How did you get my number? You're the wrong person. You might get five people that you start opening a conversation with three people, you know, have unrealistic prizes. Two people actually want to sit down and talk to you and you contract one freaking property. That's how you do it. I can go in any market anywhere and I'm willing to put my money on it. And I know that's a bold statement, but I've done it in multiple markets. This property, going back to my friend, that couple that was here with me from the nonprofit, by the way, if you guys are interested in supporting Guatemala, this is not a show just trying to drive you to put your money, but we have an awesome mission. Go to benefitgua.com. It is something that is near and dear to my heart. And my brother, Charlie Swecker, and uh, my awesome friend, Christy Swecker, they're there as missionaries full time. I've been uh, supporting them for many, many years. And, uh, you know, I, I would love for you guys to send a little love their way. Um, I, my whole goal is in one of my businesses soon, we're going to push them at the forefront and we're going to, you know, give 20, 15 to 20% right off the top to them. And I'm trying to put, put out that right infrastructure because they are actually leading the life of true missionaries and helping people and really making a distinguished difference. But let's get back to this. <laughs> this was, you know, I follow, I, that was not even a shameless plug. It just happened organically. Uh, this is what happens when you're passionate and you're doing stuff. You just kind of just flow. But, um, you can take me into any market. I found this property with my uh, friends. We're in Blue Ridge. I wasn't even really looking, but I saw something. I didn't even go driving for dollars per se that day. I just ran up on a property that was overgrown with grass and it was really bad looking. And it was, it was, it was distressed. You can tell nobody's been there in at least over a year. So I got out of the vehicle with them. We walked around the property. We saw, we looked in the windows and we saw that it was actually furnished, but the front door was unlocked. And we're like, who leaves their front door unlocked? We walked in for a minute, saw like, well, okay, somebody lived here. So we walked out uh, politely, didn't want to get in trouble for breaking and entering uh, after we found out it was, it was furnished, but you could tell that somebody hadn't been here for a year to two years. So all those methods I told you, I went in and did what we said and we got this property. It was like a, 
3,500 square foot home um, with the best mountain view I've ever seen in North Georgia. Uh, property comps at between 900 to a million. We, we contracted it for $450,000. I'm putting over a hundred thousand into it right now, but for numbers sake, we'll say I'll be in it for $550,000. By the time we refinance it, we did utilize a hard money loan for the rehab. Um, by the time I refinance it, I can pull out 80% of, of a million dollars per se. Let's just say that's the after repair value. They'll, uh, DSCR will give me 80%. So I'll be in it for $800,000. Utilizing like a burr strategy, which we can talk about in a later episode, but we bought the property, uh, utilizing these techniques that I just taught you, and then we're renovating the property. Then uh, we're going to rent it out and refinance it. And we'll probably, I probably won't go all the way up to 80%, but this is an example of something you can do. You can go all the way up to 80%. So we're in it for 550. We can go all the way up to 80%. So let's just say closing cost and miscellaneous, this and that, 600,000, uh, we're all in, but we can pull out 800,000. Well, I can pull up $200,000 sticking in my pocket, completely tax-free because it's equity and not income. We stripped the equity, stuck it in our pocket, allowed ourselves to have $200,000 to go purchase more short-term rentals that will produce an amazing income. And now I've got a killer asset making a killer income and we did it with a property that wasn't even on the market. So this is what you do. You go into these markets, you go walk for dollars. In the mornings, you go in and get a morning walk with your spouse or significant other or friends or whatever. Uh, in the evenings, you go do that and you take notice, you write down addresses, you take pictures, you go do the due diligence and work, and then you contact them. Look, entrepreneurism is a sport. And the only way you're going to get better is if you're competitive. And when you get more competitive and you get your skill set better, then you can outperform and nobody can touch you and you can have the portfolio of your dreams. All right, guys, that's the end of this episode. I hope you found a lot of value in this. This was a fun episode for me. Again, I would first and foremost love for you to go to benefitgua.com. If you see anything in your heart uh, to offer, whether it's $5 or 50 or whatever, please send some love to our team down there. Uh, and I know that just have, doesn't have anything to do with short-term rentals, but one of these days, uh, we're looking and talking right now. I'm going to be buying a property in Antigua near Guatemala City so we can bring people in and then we're going to do some awesome missions with people. Um, but yeah, uh, and then from there, more uh, outside of that, go to fivestarstrsuccess.com. We've got uh, a free masterclass video. We've got a, a free ebook that can tell you how to find uh, the perfect property in the perfect location for you. And um, we have access to this podcast, the Facebook group, et cetera. If you're not on the Facebook group, you're really missing out. You really need to go there. And then last but not least, again, give us a five-star review, push us in Instagram or on Facebook, tag us in it, tell everybody that you appreciated this episode. And until next time, see you in the next podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>